Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Author Lenore M. Johnson comes to her new book, 101 Strategic Job Search Marketing Tips, the helpful checklist guide to all things considered workforce readiness and social media smart. This readiness guide attempts to assist the job seekers with a plan to better your career with the use of digital technology and social media. So purchase your copy of 101 Strategic Job Search Marketing Steps at Amazon.com. Also available for Kindle and Audible downloads. These books are flying off the shelves, so make sure you get your copy at www.amazon.com. Would you like to lower your gas and energy bills and earn free energy just by referring friends and family? Let Ambit Energy save you money. We offer guaranteed savings on your energy and gas bills and free energy if you refer 15 customers. Visit us at freeenergyuniversity.com or call us now at 312-498-1324. That's 312-498-1324. Who wants a J-O-B or business that doesn't work? When you've tried everything and you haven't succeeded, try something new. Try Solave. Solave, the first true social commerce company ever created. Save money and even make money. Turn being social into commerce. Visit tour.smartsocialphone.com today. Visit tour.smartsocialphone.com today. That's tour.smartsocialphone.com. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Hello. You are, are listening you? To, you are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Tuesday, May 13th, 2014. This broadcast is designed to serve as the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Today's segment is called CBBN Business Journal. CBBN Business Journals will feature the interviews with business owners and other innovators from around the world. All of our shows and our entire network have, from the beginning, been dedicated to keeping the memory and spirit of Harold Washington on the minds and in the hearts of our people. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, now available on Amazon.com. And you can get your autographed copy of the Tough Questions at www. Asking ourselves the toughquestions.com. I'm also producer for this series and founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Chicago's Black Business Network is a social media management and training organization, and we are changing the way that Chicago connects. Visit us at Chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and be a part of all that we do. With us today is Mr. Tortill Only, and Mr. Only, you got some feedback in the background over there. And when I pulled up the wiki bio, the words of Curtis Mayfield came to mind, and the song, The Makings of You, and that is... That reminds me of Mr. Only because it's almost impossible to describe because what he has done and what he does now crosses so many genres and disciplines. We will share a little bit from his wiki bio with you today. Mr. Till Only is considered the father of Black Age Comics, and we'll ask him to define Black Age hello, Comics because who could do it better? Um, only is an artist entrepreneur, author, and an educator, a publisher, and an art therapist, and master of art, with a master of arts in art therapy from the School of the Art Institute. You can see his works and some of his illustration clients have been Playboy Magazine, Chicago Magazine, 
Avant Garde Magazine, McDonald's, Motile Productions, Mo Magazine, and Paris Metro. Now, his work and his collections uh, are the collections of Miles Davis, Alice Coltrane, the Chicago Children's Museum, Johnson's Publications, and on and on. You can visit him and see his works at OnlyStudios.com. That's O-N-L-I Studios.com. We're going to focus today on a particular part of what he does and how that ties into classroom instruction with educators uh, and how they use graphics to create success stories for learning with their children. Mr. Tertill, are you there with us now? Yes, I am. You can hear us clearly? Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Technical difficulties, but we're on now. Great, great. Welcome to CBS Business, BBS Business Journal. Here we are. Okay, thanks for having me. Great. We can talk about you a whole hour, but we're not going to do that, Tortilla. What we're going to do first is um, let you, you in your own words, tell us who Tortilla is. We described the professional Tortilla. Uh, We want to know the Chicago one. Who is Tortilla only? Okay, if you come to Chicago, technically I'm referred to sometimes as the father of the black age. The Black Age is a movement to diversify the comic book industry. We're talking at the original um, onset of comic books in America. That period is called the Golden Age. Then there was something called the Silver Age. They even had a Bronze Age. So I determined in the late 80s, early 90s, that if you do comic books, games, graphic novels, and the like, and you come from a black, independent, diverse, or urban perspective, that puts you in the black age. So I publish. I spend a lot of time advocating the movement. Currently, I'm a retired Chicago public school teacher, so I get a lot of time to grow my studio practice, which is at OnlyStudios.com. And when I say grow the practice, we're an actual publishing company. So that Correct. would be that would be the best way to look at it for now. Okay. Great, great. Now, for our listeners, and possibly for myself, who all of this language is new to, tell me, tell us, when we talk about graphic images, what are we talking about? When we talk about black comics, what are we talking about? And when we talk about graphic novels, what are we talking about? What is the difference Well, let's Well, let's just turn it up. When we say graphic novels, that's a more eloquent and sophisticated way of addressing the the end product, which is a book that has sequential images and a storyline and, you know, um, production values, whether we're talking illustrated by hand, illustrated digitally, or pieced together photographically. But the idea, it is a combination of the literary and visual arts into a single product. When we talk black age of comics, like I said, we're talking about the concept. So when you say graphic novel, think of it like a CD. It's a collection of um, characters would be like concepts and songs. The idea is that these products have been around. We've been publishing. When I say we, only studios have been publishing persistently since about 1981. And uh, we've been advocating the convention. And in Chicago, always tell people, 
You can buy our products at the gift shop or the DuSable Museum. But graphic design just simply means how things are designed on a page or for broadcast. But when we're talking about graphic novels, um, your, your typical novel, like whether it's a book that's nonfiction or whatever, doesn't have images in it. It tends to be just written words. Say graphic novels, we're talking about the combination of sequence illustrations, meaning they're taped to tell the story concurrently with a narrative. So back in the day, now, we I, called comic books. <laughs> now, back in the day, we called comic books. Now, this right. graphic novel industry, I'm in and out of Harold Washington. I live in Harold Washington almost, uh, library downtown. I live in libraries anyway. <laughs> anyway, I love libraries. Graphic novels. They have a lot of graphic novels. That's a big industry. What type of industry is that? What what's the what we talk about the the graphic comic industry? Well, you're talking. Well, about? let me mm-hmm. let me help a bit. Uh, the graphic novels industry, i.e., the comic book industry, they're huge conventions that are given in every major market and very big size independent conventions. Um, there's a distributor that just specializes in distributing this material to comic book stores. We're not talking about when you see them in a grocery store or a drugstore or specialty bookstore. We're talking comic book stores. This company last year distributed over $512 million worth of, we're not talking toys and games, books. So people are buying and reading uh, outside of the United States people have a more sophisticated appreciation of comic books and graphic novels because of a smear campaign in the late 50s in the United States. Too many American adults think of comic books as either being junk or something that's only for kids. And, and as they get older, they tend to steer away from it. Oh, I don't read comic books. Get that stuff away from me. Yet if they would read one, they'd be stunned to see the quality of the material the sophistication of the storyline, the depth of character development, not to mention the millions of dollars that are built on the back of this, um, so we say, intellectual property. You know, and um, it's a huge industry. It's in a growth mode, and the biggest growth is going to come from us independent. The uh, blue-chip mainstream characters are pretty maxed out, but there's a lot of room for new ideas and new approaches. And we in the Black Age of Comics movement advocate just that. And if you don't do it, somebody else will. And Trust uh, me, they're doing it. Oh, they're doing it. Yeah. This is, there's a lot of competition out here. Um, from our perspective, we talked jobs. When I was a public school teacher, it would bother me that, on one hand, I'm encouraging a student to pursue his talent, but on the other hand, where are the jobs that are going to help him get that entry-level exposure so that he can really determine if he wants to do this on a career level? And I tell people all the time, the more books only studios can sell, the more people they can hire. And I, I do hire from my, my former students because they're used to me. You know, they're used to taking direction and things like that. But I, I subcontract on a freelance basis to a lot of people that I've met at conventions or you know, I have a network that will pipeline people to me. But this is clearly about jobs. It is about contemporary mythology. What do I mean with contemporary mythology? Um, 
morality tales. You know, we're always dealing with good and evil. We've been telling those stories since we were cave people. And so every era needs that story retold, redressed, so that it could be more relevant to who's in front of them. Uh, recreational reading. The more you can read for fun, the better you're going to be able to read in a more disciplined scenario. They like to stereotype the comic book reader as saying, oh, those geeky, nerdy guys. How about saying intelligent, smart guys? Because it takes a lot more brain power, which they've proven, to process the pictures, this visual literacy, and to process the words, this literacy within itself in terms of words and written images. You have to process both integrated, and that exercise carries over when you're doing science and math and things like that. So this is something that is an asset. And so when you're talking about school children that, quote, are not engaged in reading, trust me, we have the answer in graphic novels and comic books. Great. We're talking today with Totel Only of OnlyStudios.com. Now, given that you've, you've been uh, formally doing this since 1981, every time I ask the question, can you name any black superheroes, and I, it doesn't matter who I ask, they always look very, very stunned. <laughs> they have no idea. And I didn't know either, you know. Uh, well, I'll you tell know, you what happened. Well, I'll tell you what happens. People throw away the info, okay? Um, my own characters, we were covered in Vibe magazine, but people don't remember us. They remember seeing Big E and Faith on the cover. We were covered in the Source magazine, but they remember seeing LL Cool J on the cover. Uh, I was featured on the E! Channel. I mean, I have people I grew up with that have seen it routinely, but if you ask them, they go blank. Association with being exposed for a lot of people, it's just real common. Because we're, you know, if you went through my dossier, you're like, wait a minute, you were in Final Call, you were cover story on The Defender. People always want to say, well, do you ever contact the news media? We're always in the press. If somebody Googles black age of comics, they would be overwhelmed at how much information is out here and how far back it goes. But people don't connect to the information. So they tend to talk. They'll look at it, see it, and then it's gone. And so what we're doing is working harder so that people can make a more lasting connection. And it's difficult you know, to make lasting connections. It's difficult to afford to make those connections because it's repetition. That's why they, they know Biggie and Beyonce and all these people. Well, actually, 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 I would say it's more that when it comes particularly to black people, they identify themselves in culture through music. They don't identify them. So you're talking about superheroes. Ask them who is their favorite living black artist, and they'll say Beyonce. And then you say, I don't mean somebody that sings and dance, but someone that draws and paints, guys, fabrics, does sculpture. Okay? It's as much of a blank. And then they'll claim they're not exposed. I'm a public school teacher. We expose them all the time. Okay, it's in our curriculum. It's on the walls. It is there. You ask them who is Richard Hunt, they'd be like, I don't know. Okay? But Richard Hunt owns the record the record as an American artist doing monumental sculpture in plazas and cities and corporate America. And he's from Inglewood. Okay? And people say, Oh, I'm not exposed to that. Yes, you are. We take it to the Art Institute. We take it to the Jusophile. 
but people don't embrace that. But as soon as you expose them to somebody that sings and dance, they grab it because their cultural definition is based on singing, sing, and then athleticism. It doesn't yet connect with the visual arts. So, therefore, it's easy to disassociate a product that is highly visual. Is this and I challenge people with the, with the education well, the, program yeah. that you're doing? Well, it's been a goal on, because to be a professional artist, I've had to advocate as well because I, I come up against this, where people quick to say, oh, art's not important to me. Right. Not important to you, but an artist designed your car, designed your apartment, designed everything in your closet, designed every product you own, okay, designed the look of everything you look at, but real quick to say art's not important. And that disassociation doesn't change the reality that it is important. And, I mean, I teach art appreciation at Harold Washington College, and that gives me a good form to really reach 60-some-odd students, you know, on a semester level for the American community. There's room for a lot of growth for people to start thinking who is their favorite artist. And when I say artist, I mean visual artist. I'm not saying who's your favorite musician. I'm not saying who's your favorite entertainer. But who's your favorite art maker? You know, in the in the uh, 60s through the 70s, 80s, there was a series called The Great Kings and Queens of Africa, and these posters were throughout the school systems throughout the United States, and it featured illustrations, artwork, and a narrative with the historical background on the great kings and queens of Africa. So people grew up looking at it. But try to find someone who remembered it and can say, oh, yeah, I like the one that was drawn by John Oye Lockhouse or the one by Jerry Pickney or James Lilly, okay, or, or uh, Dorothy Higgins. Okay, so it's, it's like the work's there. The work is among us all the time. It's like people love Funkadelic. Ask them who did the album covers. They read <laughs> over and over. Say, who did that artwork? It wasn't George Clinton. Somebody drew that artwork. Somebody gave P-Funk its look. And if you don't have a P-Funk look, you don't have P-Funk. And the person that did it's from Chicago. So we're out here all the time. It's just curious to disconnect. And and I think that uh, when you look at other cultures, there's a stronger connect on the visual end. And it but could possibly here. be in our society that it is that even even in other cultures, depending on which one it is, it's not that strong because they're leaning toward the same type of thing uh, as our as our uh, race is. Let me ask you now. This program that you're presenting, you and uh, Dr. Alice, yeah, who I, who we interviewed last week, and um, you want to uh, bring graphics and curriculum and instruction together. Tell us about that. Well, what we're doing is bringing graphic novels to the classroom to enhance reading engagement and participation on the part of students. We have a curriculum to show educators. We offer professional development, which is an activity that all educators have to go through to keep their certificate in the state of Illinois. And our focus is to help educators, regardless of what subject, science, language, math, physical ed, to help them to adapt graphic novels of any type so that it can work in the classroom environment 
And me being an ex-instructor, I know teachers are very busy and overwhelmed. So if they take our workshop, they also leave with a curriculum resource guide that I've prepared, which can help them to do it, you know, after the workshop. Because it's not enough to just have the workshop and see it, see our model, but we give them a template where they can diversify and modify it to suit whatever population they're dealing with from kindergarten all the way through senior year of high school. Great. So we're all okay. we're all okay. Say that again. How can uh, uh, they a, can a they can either yeah they can look at our website at onlystudios.com and go to the rhythmistic curriculum tab or they can call me direct I'll happily give my phone number on the air they can call me at 773-726-1610 and ask about the educators workshop to bring graphic novels to the classroom. And, uh, and when we is the date the, uh, on that? When is the last time they can take we, those classes to Tim? Well, we we are offering a special until July 1st because after July 1st, the state of Illinois has changed its guidelines on professional development. We'll still be offering the workshops, but after July 1st, we will not be able to offer what are called CPDUs, which are specific kind of professional development credit. We have an open house that only studios will be giving free workshops. So if people go to um, onlystudios.com as of tomorrow, they can see the schedule for the workshops. So we're giving free workshops to educators, and they will get the CPDU if they come to the open house. Time period from 6 to 10. Um, the location is 3400 South Racine, and we're on the third floor. Again, they could call us, 773-726-1610, and we're offering this as part of an um, introduction to our new studio space. Wow, that's a great offer. Yeah. Can you repeat yeah, that? Then, we want, can you repeat <laughs> that? I want to be sure they got it. Okay, I'm trying to repeat it all. It was a mouthful. Okay, this Friday, uh, I believe the date, I'm not looking at the calendar, the date this Friday is May 12th, I think. Uh, what's the date? No, it's not the 12th. May 16th. Thank you. May 16th. Today's the 12th. May 16th, at Only Studios, we will be giving free professional development workshops for public school educators from anywhere in the state of Illinois. We're giving them free to the first 10 that come through. The details will be at the Rhythmistic Curriculum tab that is at our website on onlystudios.com. The location is 3400 South Racine. And when you come there, you have to come to the third floor. If there's some confusion, it's a huge warehouse building. They can contact us at 773-726-1610. These workshops are free this Friday. We're offering as a bonus for people to come and check out our new facility. We've just moved into a a new location where we'll be giving these workshops. It's available to all educators, whether it's public school, private school, charter school in the state of Illinois, grades K through 12. We look forward to having it. Okay, and that's to the first 10. Okay. Now... 
Okay, that's a, that's a great deal. That's a great deal. I was sitting here at Royal Coffee last night with this uh, Ethiopian coffee shop where we were giving uh, networking events last year. And a young man, he's a young Ethiopian, and he teaches at Sullivan High School. I sent you an email on that. And the subject says physics. He teaches physics. He teaches physics and anatomy. And I asked him Good. the question: Could you name any black superheroes? First, I asked him, well, did he have to get his continued education? He said yes, very proudly that he just went to Northwestern uh, today and, and attended it some classes, uh, attended a class. I said, well, then I asked him, have you ever heard of, can you name any black superheroes? And he looked at me like like I was like I was crazy, you know. He said no. <laughs> and so I explained a little bit about what was going on, and I sent you an email on that, and I, I, was, and I, I, I couldn't answer his question as to how can graphic novels be applied to physics and anatomy, because I have no idea how that could be applied or how it could be a learning tool. But you can answer his questions. you got an email from him there. So he should be, I hope that he can be there Friday night, since I think he does need some more credits. And that would be great for him to take back over to Sullivan and tell them, uh, well, this is what's going on, and this is and introduce it because it was strange to me. I live in the Rogers Park area. Rogers Park is 30% white, 30% black, uh, 30% Hispanic, and 10% every other thing, um, every other culture and race in the world. Uh, it's the most mm-hmm. integrated, segregated place uh, I've ever been. And Sullivan is an example. It is ha- it is 40%. You see. It's uh, 45% black, 45% Hispanic, 10, and about 10% other. And he said in the entire Sullivan, which is down the street from me, there are about six white students. And I'm like, well, where do the white students go? They're just not there at all. And my question is still, which I'm going to research, where are they? So then we got this well, group sitting here with, go, with all these cops. They, mm-hmm. they go to Lane and they go to Sin. Is that that's where all. they? And, you know, I kind of thought yeah. that, but I'm not in the they field. Go to Lane, they go to Lane, Sin, and Gordon Tech. That's all. That's it. You huh? know, they and, and and they go to and they go to Northside Prep. They go where they go. Mhm. They go. And they, they go don't where go they go. But getting getting back to your your concept, see, when mm-hmm. you look at the average comic book, you look at a superhero, all those muscles. That's called anatomy. Okay, when you look at superpowers, that's called physics. You know, if 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 ah. your hero has magnetism, if your hero has magnetism running through his wall or body, what's the property of the magnetism? That's physics. You know, if your character is running super fast, what is that speed measured by? That's physics. That's science. You know, now what does the body have to go through? That's kinesiology. You're back in anatomy again. This stuff is right in front of people, but because of disassociative thinking, they think it is not. They're quick to say no, 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 when it's obvious, obvious, obvious. <laughs> okay. Well, it wasn't obvious. I was having an ah moment. Now it's obvious. <laughs> it's very obvious. Okay. Like, okay. So, so, but, but that's why, but that's why we do the workshops to help people to get over their aversion to understanding the value and power of this incredible art form, and graphic novels is as American as baseball, jazz, the blues, and rock and roll. It is a art form that was really perfected right here by Americans. And what we're doing with the Black Age is we're advancing it 
in all kind of directions, doing the reading scores and all of this, you really need to make this connection to a reading product that has proven to have appeal. The appeal is there. The appeal is there. Okay, and so a lot of people just really fight that because of their version. And, and, I mean, I'm a visual artist, right? So I know in a lot of art circles, people that do so-called fan art look down at people that do comic book art. But I would tell a fan artist in a minute, you think you all that? Let me see you draw a comic book. Let me see you draw four pictures per page times 20 pages. That's a lot of individual images that have to be composed with the same rigor as one painting. Except instead of one painting, it's the equivalent of four to a page because each little square is a total composition. And it's got to work to carry the narrative of the ruling. And I know because I do both. And so this whole putting it down, which is popular, is totally the opposite when you start scrutinizing with a criterion what it takes to make the product. Okay, when you got to make the product, you got to have serious skills, you got to have editing ability, you got to have an awareness. I mean, you can't just, you know, the stuff doesn't just fall out of the sky. It takes a lot of research and effort. And I think that what we do, not I think, I know for a fact, what we do in the workshop help people to get a stronger embrace of what that effort and works and uh, uh, research is about. But it is a variable let themselves look at it. And sometimes that, that's a challenge for people, and I can appreciate that. It's just like music, you know, when you first engage in listening to a new form of music, it takes a while to figure out what's going on and then who's good at it. You know, because every genre has its own, uh, has its own standards, you know. Yes, it does, and yep. it has its own uh, standards of qualifications. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, and you, you've been listening to CBN Business Journals. I guess today has been Tortill Only. Only is an innovator and advocate for bringing graphic novels into the classroom. You can visit Only Studios for more information. That's at onlistudios.com. So, Tortill, thank you for being with us. You know we could go on a couple of hours. I've had my eye moment, and I do understand. Now I, can, I will myself be able to look at it differently from physics and anatomy. Had no idea whatsoever. So now I've grown today just by just by doing this interview. Um, we're going to invite you back again and I hopefully you can uh, also interview on one of our upcoming shows with Miss Phyllis Austin out of um, Atlanta, Georgia. She has a great uh, educational show and I will Love to see three educators, you, Dr. Ellis, and her talk about graphic novels and, and you know, this whole concept from that standpoint. Okay, great, great. I want to thank you for being with us this evening. You're listening to Chicago Black Business Radio Network. And we look forward to you. We'll be back next Tuesday at 11 a.m. So, Till, have a great day. Thank you for being with us. Okay, thank you. Bye.